Okay, perfect. All right. So I know I asked you to kind of go into it and, and you know, schedule this podcast, but did did you gather why I'm doing this? Um, not a hundred percent, but since you know, when you look at the name of your podcast, uh, sometimes when you get into what you're doing or why you're doing it, you might miss out on information that might be available. This is very true. So what I wanted, I wanted like a like a bird's eye view of it. Podcast is to um, is to impact um, aspiring investors in their journey to really. Um, it's meant to remove limiting beliefs. And helping people, one thing we've realized is everybody's got a reason or no. By seeing different people in first deal stories, um, it removes can or shouldn't invest. Um, and we're really going to go into is for your very first deal, how you got it and how you closed it. The overall picture is to create a community to show people know where you're from or what you've done. You can find getting closure for. Makes sense. And be be real, you know, with your first deal. I mean, raw is good. Um, don't tell him that. We don't have to. We don't. We don't have to. You know, some people, man, they got they got their teeth kicked in on their first deal. Yes. Some people yeah. deal was great. Yes. So we want we want the real deal. And I know that we'll get that from you. That's why we asked you to be on here. Yes. Um. So the the outline is we're going to talk about who are. Um. Then we're going to take some framework of how you found got and closed your first deal points that I want to touch on. And it's really just like question answer. The very end, we want to discuss one major limiting thing we're overcome. And of course, how you help other people. That's 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 pretty much the, the peanut butter and jelly of it. Go, 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 go. All right. So you want me to do the intro? All right, everybody. What's popping? What's what's going on? This is and Leon Thompson. Straight from Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome to the My First Deal Store podcast where we are talking to the world as they go into details about their real estate deal, how they found it, yeah. how they got it. And the point of this whole thing is to do what? It's to get you to limiting beliefs, to let you know that no matter who you are, where you've done, you too can get your first deal, your first deal done. All right. So welcome. We've got Ms. Atman in the building. Um, this guy right here, Julie amazing he hits you with the raw reel at the same time he's got some amazing things going on get into that uh welcome mr aaron tell me where you're from you know you can do that part <laughs> well tell who i am aaron chapman right so uh where i'm from i'm originally new mexico and then my dad was a miner when i was there to wyoming and then uh you know place to place around by arizona stayed here for a while got into a cattle on a cattle ranch in in utah so i spent my high school and from there i went back to wyoming to run uh work on a week. Then uh, the partnership went bad with my, so they sold off the ranch. He went back to Arizona and here I am Arizona. And that's uh, the life I've, I've, I was to stay at since uh, 2000. So it's 1995 in Arizona. So that's where we're at. I love it. When we met you at the REI Coaches event, of course, you guys look, that was an event in itself, but more importantly, when we heard, because Aaron shared a lot uh, with us about where he's from and what, what he's doing now. And of course he's a family man. It's, you know, and, and I think that th that that's important to some people say, well, I got children, I can't do it. Or I got a spouse or they are supportive. So I just, you know, I want to point that out that man and family is extremely important to you and you don't over it. A hundred percent. Well, that, that right. Not be a hundred percent true statement. Right? <laughs> there you, go. you know, I I've had the opportunity, like event, like we just stand in these rooms, these people have their presentations. They're going to do uh the first slide of the presentation says, you know, their why, right? And they right. show a picture of their family. I go, yeah. Oh, bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit on that being your why, because if that was the case, you would be not here with us. Ooh. Yeah. Everybody has it for what they do when they do it. 
And I believe the why there can be more. Now, yes, I do want to take care of my family. Yes, I want to be sure that I have all the necessities of life. But there's the necessities of the creature conference. So let's just be honest, right? I mean, we love the creature conference. And so yeah. because of that, we go out there and we're shaking, like we're late on rent and we're trying to get all these deals in and trying to make all sometimes at the expense of our family. But what I do um, and what I've involved is once I started under the investments I was doing now, I'm not perfect. I'm just I'm forced up in my way as I can is just like the next guy. But it's a building, getting to know people, digging into their head and figuring out how they did one thing that you're looking at right now, and then sharing with my with my family. So now I bring them all together on a very right basis. If I'm going to invest in something, I have my kids get to get it. We'll do Zoom calls with the people offering the investment, like ask questions, which yes. was really cool back when like the youngest and the oldest was like 18. Well, awesome. yes. the deal they had to learn how to dumb it down to the extent year old would Ooh, understand something, right? That's so good. So it was helping them and like, wow, how do you talk to a 10 year old? I'm like, well, you figure, right? And so they had to really work at that, but it better as a presenter and made my kids more intelligent as it was one asking questions as we did more and more deals. And right. now they, it, it, you know, we have this family, I guess it's a, a board, if you will, where we get together, we have a Zoom that we look at the paperwork and we vote and we decide. Now, I I want a unanimous vote before we do something, but if we don't have a unanimous and I have the swing vote, I can I, well I can do whatever the hell I want. Courtesy, my money, I vote whoever, but I don't swing that authority around uh, um, in, in the wrong way, right? Yeah. The kids know I have this, but I truly want yeah. their their response. I want to get the details as to why they think they're thinking uh, the way they are. And then we, we work it out. And the reason I want a unanimous vote is if we got one descending vote and it goes sideways, then what do you have, right? You have one person saying, see, and I was right. And you have the other ones justifying why they did it. And then they're coming up with justification for the wrong reasons as to why we did something rather than just saying, well, something we messed up. Right. If they mess up right now, the stakes are low. It's my money right now. The yeah. thing is their future and so I've also required that my kids, when they're to get started, they have to do the infinite banking strategy, especially when they get married. Ooh. And so if they don't have that, them and their spouse, they're written out of my will. They do not get a damn thing. <laughs> I believe you. Because yeah. they need to take care of themselves. If they know how to set up the 10% in, uh, of their income being saved, they have the infinite banking strategy built out. They have the life insurance policy on them and their spouse. So if something happens to their spouse, my child's taken care of. They're not coming back to dad, right? So I'm yeah. setting them up with a foundation yeah. of how to live their lives properly. Yes. yes. So when And here's what's cool. If something happens and I just completely obliterate my uh, what wealth I have for being an idiot, they're set up with great principles. They've got a great foundation. But yeah. if I continue to grow it with their input and then they've done the same themselves, there will come a time where they step into the seat where they inherit yes. all of that and they learn how to continue to grow it. And they need to teach the next generation to do the same because if they don't, it will be obliterated by generation three. That is brilliant. Yes, it is. That's brilliant because that's something I've heard with a lot of entrepreneurs and professionals is I'm doing this so I can leave it to my family and their family is not involved. And so what happens when they, you know, they're departed and they leave this earth, right? They don't know how to run it. They, the family's like, well, shoot, sale. Everything's for sale. What's your price? And so it's like yeah. all for naught. So I love that you, that's something that we definitely need to implement even yeah. better, like with the more structure. So thank you for 
um, for sharing that. That was, golly, that was so good. That Thank was you. a lot definitely to learn from and unpack, man. Guys, yes. we're going to have to rewind that and listen to that again, man, because <laughs> that 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 was well, that was awesome. Yes. Well, that, so, and, and that's you know, what I like to always do is when I step into a room and start punching everybody in the face right out of the gate. Right. And you'll get and if you can stay in the room long enough, you're going to get at least four or five beatings over yes. throughout the conversation with the data we've got, because I've been blessed to know so many people and do so many things. And to your point is so many people, they think legacy is leaving a bunch of money or a bunch of houses to your kid. That is a legacy. It's a legacy of creating a bunch of well-funded assholes to go around and do stupid stuff. <laughs> money they it. never earned. And I can't have that. I'm not going to turn that loose on the world. I yeah. need to not only build, have, you know, what I have, you know, to kick my ass for years to do, but I need to take those who are taking, receiving that and then know what I've had to go through to get there and continue to feel the same grind that it is to build it and then pass it on in the next one, the next one, the next one. And when we're using an infant banking strategy, utilizing those whole life policies. There's no reason why that won't perpetuate in significant manner. You know, I think when people fail to use that, system in that process or don't even know about it right that one they need to investigate they need to get to know it they need to talk to the right people you know the guy who i use he's the shittiest salesman in the world but the greatest educator on the subject and that's why i <laughs> use because um, you're already sold on it right you want to yeah. know that this is the right thing and believe me in my opinion it's the holy grail as far as foundations to build your wealth amazing oh, amazing thank amazing. you for dropping in like it's hot right out the gate that's so awesome. so i know you did not start where you're at now. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your first deal and how that kind of educated you, you know, tell us about how you got it, you know, you know, how did you find the deal? How'd you get the deal and how'd you close the deal? And where you were in that process, like lifestyle, family, yeah. all of that good stuff. Okay. So, you know, the, I had gotten into this industry where I'm at now, which is financing people's real estate, right? It's like your regular yes. bank doing loans for single family homes, people buying homes to live in, but I started targeting the real estate investor is yeah. where my business is now. I've been doing this since 1997, but my first real deal, I mean, it was, you know, you buy your first home, right? You go to the, the builder, you pick all the stuff out, you buy what you can afford and qualify for. And then I happen to be driving down the road and I'm headed to the house. We've lived there for a couple of years and I stumbled into a place where we, we just moved out of. We we actually bought the house next door and expanded our, our, our position, right? Now yes. it, it was on acreage, right? And I grew up cattle ranching, right? So this living in a neighborhood stuff sucked. <laughs> now, well, we had a, some decent gap between us and neighbors. There's still a neighborhood. I like I like having some distance. Well, I yeah. drove by a place that has one and a half acre lot. So it, this one was for sale. So I made a deal on it again to move in. So it was an easy deal to make. But then I turned the house we had into a rental. Mm. I was not a landlord. I sucked as a landlord. I had people rotating in and out of that. And I was having a difficult time making that deal work. Um, and that was really the first one I had as an investment property is one that I just turned into a rental that I lived in. And I, I could keep people in it, just barely paying the bill. At the mm. time, Arizona had higher prices versus really low rents. Now, it's completely flipped around now where rents are high, but prices are still going up. And I don't know that it's quite catching up the way it should. But at that point, I had the guy who I bought this house from, the, you know, the one that I, uh, that I just moved out of. Yeah. Um, he had an opportunity come along where he had presented a deal with me of this builder building these houses on five acres down in the a lot further South. Okay. So okay. I'm like, who's going to buy it way out here. But you know, the price was ridiculously cheap. So I bought it. I split that five acres up into three different lots wow. and I had the one house 
on uh, 1.6 acres. And then I had another guy come to me that I met at a party. He's usually the life of the party. And I was the most obnoxious guy other than him. So between the two of us, we were kind of battling for who is the most obnoxious. And it was frustrating him because he's usually <laughs> never loses. And here's this young guy. I was like 20, I think I was 26 years old. And he's in his mid to late 30s. And he was getting frustrated. But somehow that spiked a spark, sparked a second conversation. He told me about what he had stumbled into utilizing land trust to be able to sell properties. And it's a wow. big process. I'm like, hey, I just closed on this property. Let's try it. So we tried wow. it and it was awesome. And then I did that with the other house that I was renting out and it was awesome. So that's kind of where they started was just listening to other people. Somebody giving me an opportunity and I took advantage of it. And what many people fail to do is they think that, man, I got to go hunt this stuff down and figure this stuff out on my own. No, it was the relationships that made it happen. These two guys that knew me, that, that gave me an opportunity, then I need to step through the door. I could have easily said no. Mm. I wanted to try. Now, at that point, those were big wins for me. Then I got another win and another one. Next thing you know, I'm like, dude, I'm the freaking man. There you yeah. I can't do that ain't going to just kick ass. So I started <laughs> doing stuff. And I started buying things because the market was going up fast and things were just kicking ass. And then 2008 happened. Right. Mm. The problem of it was, is I was doing like everybody else. I'm like, I can get a house that's going to go up $50,000 a month. And I can only put, I can put zero down. I don't care what the interest rate is because I'm going to be making money when I sell this. Then when the music stopped, I had to hold all that. So it's mm. very well. I was making mid six, you know, I decent six figures at the time. I was in my late twenties, early thirties. And, but the problem is I've taken off and uh, taken on enough leverage that it was, literally mid it was good six figures in payments every year wow. i was i was hand to mouth even though i was making stupid amounts of money wow. because of my bad decisions wow and so and, and it was at a time when it, you weren't getting properties for cash flow you're getting properties to be able to flip them that's right. a stupid market move don't ever think that that's what you've got to do I mean, if you have a flipping business make that's a different deal right you're yes. negotiating for way less than value you know where you can settle it back but if you're buying at fair market value saying i'm going to incubate this for two months and make 50 grand you're an idiot yeah <laughs> all doing right and so we had a market full of idiots doing this and then the music stopped and we got crushed now, not only was that happening but I was ripping down the freeway to clear my head for three days because I was doing multiple things at the time. And I need to I need to get some space to myself. Jumped on the Harley was going to take August 8th of 2008 and ride for three days. I was 15 minutes into that ride and somebody flipped on a blinker without looking, pushed me to another car. I went flipping at 80 plus miles an hour, shattered both my legs, collapsed lung, bunch of bunch of ribs busted. And I laid on the pavement in Arizona, August 8th at 1224 in the afternoon. So you can imagine the damage to my skin massive concussion, had a lot of memory loss, a lot of problems came from that. So I came back, you know, when I, when I went on that ride and I went to, went to that morning, I left my house that morning, six foot one, 190 pounds, 7% body fat in the best shape of my life. I could drop or run a marathon anytime I wanted. I can go climbing anytime I wanted. Um, I was worth on paper about three and a half million dollars. A few weeks later, I was wheeled out of a hospital Still six foot one and losing the height, even though I busted a whole bunch of crap up. But I was 156 pounds. Wow. And I was worth, my net worth went from on paper 3.5 million to a negative 1.5 million. Wow. Four million dollars. Wow. That was a $5 million swing. 
with also a massive loss in body weight. So you can imagine a six foot one, I was basically a, a skeleton with skin wrapped around it. And my memory only lasted three minutes. So I had to go to try and crawl back from all those things and then figure, okay, how am I going to work with this market? How am I going to get back to where I was going mm. and even have the capable? Was that a flash in the pan situation that I took advantage of and then just blew up on me? And now I'm pretty much cooked. I got oh, to wow. just experience what the great life was for a short window of time. And I'm back destined to be that guy who basically makes his money with his back, which is how mm. my always did. Um, and going back into the industry after that, it was a hundred percent just out of pure, I guess, anger, if you will. I'm like, yes. I got back to where I was, I was like a blunt instrument, just hitting a wall constantly. I was going to break through that and took a lot right. of years, but now I'm now where, where I sit, we've got real estate in five States. I have partnerships in multiple different things. I think there's the doors that I have, I've left eight or 10 doors personally, but 200 plus doors in partnerships. And, um, you know, in a partnership, it has to be right, man. Partnerships can literally destroy you if you don't do it the correct yeah. way. <laughs> oh, my. You know, yeah. And you know what? That's a whole nother topic. And you, thank you. Every time I hear you share your story, I'm just like, man. And, and I hope listeners hear this. So my first deal story, yes, it does talk about your very first real estate deal. But I feel like with you, Aaron, you've got this it's unique because you did it twice two times. So you did it once, you know, and it doesn't sound like you paid a coach or, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't sound like you bought a course. You just, you were looking for your primary house. You got your primary house and ended up turning into an investment property. So you ended up becoming like, like, like a landlord, like an investor that way. And then life kind of slapped you in the face in a really drastic way. And you had to start all the way over again, but it seems like you repeated like the same, the relationships, right? When you got back into this thing. 100% relationships got me in. In fact, the relationships is what got me back doing business to begin with. So my mom was a realtor, still is. And there's another realtor by the name of Carolyn Irby. And they both, um, all the other people, they either went somewhere else because you'd call me and three minutes later, I forgot the conversation. Wow. Or they got out of the industry and to get all together. Both of those people, you know, one, a mother's love is a mother's love. And she's going to she's gonna definitely try and help me out. But she's also, you screw up, it's like, you're done. I'm going to go this yeah. way. To the credit union, right? So I'm yes. done working with you. Um, then she'll chase you around with her shoe still. You know, I'm 47 years old and I'll still take a beating with a shoe from my mama. Mm. So mm. you got um, her and Carolyn both, they realized where I was at. And so what they would do is they call me to, to give me a, a, a referral. And then they call me back a few minutes later and say, do you write that down? I said, write what down? I said, okay, get your pad, get your wow. pen and let's do this. And they helped me train my brain back and where I didn't go get therapy for this. I'd literally just carried a pad and pencil around or a pad and pen. And I'd write stuff down and I'd check it off. And there was plenty of people that got called for me three minutes after I hung up with them say, Hey, you know, is there in Chapman is security with such and such lending company? You know, I've got your number here from Carolyn Irby. And it's like, we just talked, dude. It's like, okay, what did we talk about? Cause I didn't write it down. Right. So that's kind of the situation I had to do till I trained my brain to come back to where I needed to be. And again, relationships made it happen. Every single thing I've ever done, everything I've ever accomplished had to do with a relationship with somebody else. And what I tell everybody is I don't give a damn what you do with your life and how how wealthy you become. You leave this world with two things, relationships and experience. You can't have one without the other. And mm. if you count either one of them, you don't leave with anything. You literally exit this life a completely busted individual with nothing to show for it. Wow. 
That's so good. That and and the emphasis on the the memory portion because yeah. people got great memories and still got excuses why they, they can't make it work. You know, there's there's so many people that have so many ups. They got so many pluses, right? Um, mm -hmm. answer, answer me this: when between the time frame of you looking for your house and actually closing the deal, how long did that time frame take? How about how long was that? Um, looking for my house and closing the deal. Let me see here. If, if it was the very first one I bought, it took months yes. because it was a new build, right? Yes. Um, when it came to finding the second one that I wanted to buy, as I'm just driving down that road and I saw the sign, that was about that was about 30 to 35 days before I closed that one. Wow, then, driving. Yeah, just I literally I drove by, I saw a sign, and I just turned. I'm like, and wow. I usually don't go down that road. It was weird. I don't go down that particular street. Now I go down that street every day because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm literally driving down my cruising and I look off my left and there's a sign sitting on the road. So I just turned onto that street and there's this lot. It is really just a house sitting on a massive dirt lot. And I'm like, so I called my wife, said, What do you think? She goes, well, Let's check it out. Wow. And then we made the deal and it was, it, it was more than what I thought we could make happen and do what we could afford at the time. But I'm like, we're going to make this happen. And we just pulled the trigger because this is the life that I want to live. And then the house behind me, now what's interesting is the house we live in now, what they did was back in this, this used to be farmland. They cut it up in these, into these long two and a half acre pieces that were like 150 foot wide by like six or 700 feet. Now I don't have the exact measurements. I probably should if I'm going to talk about it. Well, what they did is they cut them in half. So right down the middle, you had a house up front and then a house in the back. Oh. We bought the one up front, which was the original house on that lot when they split these up back in the 80s. Then it had a long driveway on the left side that an easement to the back where the the, uh, the people behind it were. And they had a house with a, with a guest house. And um, we got to be very good friends with them. Awesome people. He was a SWAT cop. Just, he had a couple of kids. They were great people. Well, things happened in his life medically and things went sideways. He's since passed, but they, the family put this house up for sale. I'm like, I'm buying it. Right. So people have been yeah. on my damn driveway for years. I'm taking over the driveway now. So I bought that. And then we went uh, August, August of this last year and we've been on a, I'm, I'm now finishing the final grade and there's a tractor outside my window right now. I'm getting excited to see this happening, but we have literally cut this thing down to, uh, to where we built the house that we want with it, gut it completely down to the studs, new wiring, new new uh, plumbing, new everything. And now we have this two and a half acres, plus you have acres in other states. And it's been a great run. And now you just understand what deal makes sense and what doesn't because you've mm. been in it. You know, you've got it. You, there's this old saying, good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> you don't learn that is until so good. Make, right? <laughs> That's where having a coach or having a mentor or having a relationship at the very beginning works well because you can play off of the mistakes that they made, provided they want to share that. And that's one of the things I do with my business all the time. It's like, guys, I work with real estate investors all the time. You know, the average person in my industry, I'm a, what they call a licensed loan originator. There's 300,000 people in the U.S. doing this job. The average guy does two to three transactions a month. That's mean they're going to draw from 24 to 36 transactions a year to guide you through the process. Now I do in excess of 1500 over this last 12 months, which is seven every working day that I close. That's a lot of investors I talk to. That's a lot of people I get to see the decisions they make. I get to see where they screw it up. I get to see where they win. So when these new investors, even seasoned investors face a question or decision they've never faced before, they have to do something they've never ventured down before. They can contact me 
and I can share with them stories. I don't ever tell you do this or do this. I tell you the right. story again, just like your deal story here. So you get the experience, right? Yeah. You get to make yes. a judgment call based upon experience of somebody else. And you're making that decision based on practical data, not speculation and theory. And if you're going into it without a coach, without a mentor or relationship of any sort, you're going to go 100% off speculation and theory, not off of any practical data. So if you can't find practical data on what you're, you're going into, don't do the deal, period. That is amazing. I couldn't. This show is sponsored by Hive Mind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. To guide you through the process. Now, I do in excess of 1500 over, over this last 12 months, which is seven every working day that I close. That's a lot of investors I talk to. That's a lot of people I get to see the decisions they make. I get to see where they screw, they screw it up. I get to see where they win. So when these new investors, even seasoned investors, face a question or decision they've never faced before, they have to do something they've never ventured down before, or they can contact me. And I can share with them stories. I don't ever tell you do this or do this. I tell you the right. story, again, just like your deal story here. So you get the experience, right? Yeah. You get to make yes. a judgment call based upon experience of somebody else. And you're making that decision based on practical data, not speculation and theory. And if you're going into it without a coach, without a mentor, a relationship of any sort, you're going to go 100% off speculation and theory, not off of any practical data. So if you can't find practical data on what you're, you're going into, don't you're going into, don't do the deal, period. That is amazing. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. So, so much, so much wisdom in what you're saying. <laughs> and guess what, guys, if, it's, if you're out there trying to look for your first deal, that's what Brittany and I here, I here are for. Uh, yeah. We're here to awesome. help you find your first deal. Yeah. And Aaron, he he's giving he's dropping so many nuggets that I wish I knew when I started my real estate journey. Journey, man, I could have saved my so much, saved myself so much time and so much headache and so much pain if I had a guy like him in my corner. But yeah, let's, and let's and let's talk about talk about specifically, um, Aaron. What's one major limiting belief that you overcame or that you even overcome daily to to keep pushing not only for yourself and your family? Like, but also to help other people. I'd say the biggest limiting belief in business for me was that I had to look like everybody else. I had to talk like everybody else. And I had to think like everybody else. Wow. So when you're looking at, when you're looking at me, do I look like a, a basically a real estate investment finance expert? <laughs> no. And for the audience, look for the audience that are just listening to this from a podcast podcast. Uh, well, easiest thing to do is just go to my website, Aaron Chapman.com. Right? I was gonna- <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, I was gonna say, Aaron, can you describe yourself, please? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let all of you think, okay, I was listening to this guy, so I'm gonna let you imagine what I'm I want you to imagine the suit, the blonde hair parted on the left on the left and my in my you know my my thin rim metal glasses. I want you to remember, think of all that as you're putting that face to here and then go to my website. Drop your phone. Give me in Google and you'll find the one lender and you'll see, you'll see something hopefully different than what you're picturing. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll make sure we'll make sure that y'all have it have it in the show notes too because I, I really I, I want you to be humored like this is this is where judgments and, and misunderstanding can really do a dance <laughs> well, in, in what i found the smartest some of the smartest people in business go into it intentionally to be underestimated and that's what yeah. i've successfully done you know you guys are with me for a couple days before you heard me speak right yes. and so Right. Yes. And so back a couple of people I've talked to after that, I say, let me just say, I'm very, very guilty of judging a book by its cover because mm. me wandered around there. I didn't talk to some of these folks and folks until after my, I had my opportunity to speak. And that's how it's worked at every event that I've ever been in. And if people didn't know who I was already, I didn't get to know them till I was done. And then I couldn't go, then I couldn't go to the bathroom without a train. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> And it was, it was a great event in the fence. It was small, just a few people there. When I've been speaking to ones with like four or 500, that it does make it to where I have a very, very late night with not a lot of time to myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love it. Well, let's do this because I, I don't want these to run terribly long and I want to respect your time, Aaron. But I also want people, also want people to be able to, of course, we'll drop the website, but specifically, you, you alluded to it earlier with how you help investors. But if you could really reiterate, um, um, your ideal, how can you help people? Like, what is it that you do um, to help other people? So investors, they want to get the best financing they can, right? So if you're looking to get like private money or something like that, I don't, I'm not the best help for that. I do have connections I can connect people with, but my thing is I'm helping people that are pre have prepared themselves for this. We do your conventional, we do your conventional financing, your 30 year fix, your, your Fannie Freddie stuff that all your banks do. The difference is all the banks don't do this for investors because it's too damn hard. And it's also in their opinion, too dang risky, too dang risky. I have proven with extreme pain over the last 15 years of really, really focusing on this, that this is the best type of business any banking banking entity can do. And I have literally been audited. I have been got the crap kicked out of me. I've been been threatened to get fired by companies who's like, you're doing too many investor loans. This is not our platform. But then mm. once they but then mm. once they have the time to witness and say, whoa, wait a minute, these are the best paying clients we have. They pay the longest, they play the most most on time. Mm. This is the best business we can make. I'm saying that's what I've been telling you, what I've been telling you guys. Right. So, <laughs> It's so frustrating. Now they get it. They finally get it. Right. And we're, that's why we're doing hundreds of transactions a month because they're backing me up to do there, do that. But, you know, so I want to work with the people, work with the people and who I best help is ones who have prepared themselves with their credit and their income and their savings to be prepared to go out there and buy and qualify for these kind of loans. Right. So then you can get that good 30 year fixed money and fixed money. And some people will think and this is where I really dig in and help them. Because they're going into this most of the time from a consumer's mindset. How do I get the cheapest price with the cheapest interest rate and the cheapest rate and the cheapest costs? And they put them at the mercy of all these people that will literally take advantage of them, suckering them in with a so-called cheap price. And then you get all the other things they stack on top, stack on top and you're at the closing table and you're stuck. Right. Mm. That's not how we operate. But we also want to help people understand rates 
And all those things don't matter to the real estate investor. We, we live in a highly inflationary environment, do we not? Yes. What is the rate of inflation right now? Do you guys know? And it will scare the hell out of you. A, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It is a lot. In fact, we like, just got it. It just came back out it's over six percent from what the Fed says. That's what the Fed is saying, right? Is saying, right? They usually yeah. won't admit to nothing, right? But they're mm -hmm. admitting to it being over six percent. Just from last month, the claim came out that it went up 0.9 percent. That is one percent over one month period, right? They're, wow. they're right. The claim is we're trying to we're going to keep with monetary policy interest rate uh, uh, inflation down below two percent. It's not happening, right? And when you look at what they you look at what they use, you guys are familiar with the term the CPI? Yeah, a little bit. You and you helped us with that too. Yeah, so people will hear that the consumer price index, also the PCE, the personal consumption expenditures index, which are two indexes that the Federal Reserve uses to measure inflation. But it's only indexes that they created what goes into the index. They don't factor in food costs, energy costs, mm. energy costs, mm. and segments of housing. That is what people spend to live, right? We need three things to live food, water, shelter. We also need air, but California is the only one that knows how to tax air. <laughs> that's, not, that's not anything you and I got to worry about. But what ends up happening here, you take those things out, you get the Fed's number of that 6.2 or 6.3% right now. You add it back in, it's over 14% right now. So, mm. what is, this is alarming, but let's think about this from the real estate investor's perspective. We can't stop inflation, right? right. Yeah, this is going to be a global thing that has to be worked on in, in, in as far as the econ economy. I have to open things back up. We got to get got to get all these these containers full, these ships full of containers unloaded and trucked out, and we got to get materials back in the store. That's what's going to change. That's what's going to change the economy. Yeah. But in that meantime, it's still going to stay high. Inflation's always been much higher than Fed's ever said. Well, if our interest rates where they're at are way lower than the rate of inflation. So what people need to wrap their head around is when you fix your costs for 30 years, let's say you bought a $100,000 property and finance for $80,000, you'll pay $405 a month for the next, third, the next 30 years. Mm -hmm. But you get to raise rents on that, right? Mm -hmm. You can increase your income, but the lender doesn't get, you get to raise the payment. Yeah. They have to accept $405 a month every month for the next 30 years. And when you recalculate that based upon today's inflation, you're let, paying less than $70,000 back in actual dollar value over 30 years. You, bar you borrowed 80, you paid 65 in interest, but the actual value of what you gave them back is less than 70,000. You didn't give them back what you borrowed. So you wow. leverage, right? you leverage, you leverage long, you pay off slow, but you only do it in an environment that you can keep reasonably rented and that you can raise rents on. If you can't mm. get that, you don't close the deal. But if you can get that, believe me, everything we get for you is a gift because you're never paying back the money and you just continue to increase yours with your tenants, tenant living in it. That's what I want to help people wrap their head around. There will come a time we can talk about this time. We can talk about this. Anybody who wants to talk to me, I've got an app out there. I can get you guys the, the information for that, the QJO investment tool, which is the quit jerking off investment tool. Cause that's all you guys are doing. We <laughs> yes. work, Right. So you look at that, it looks like a gorilla with a braided beard on it. When you pull that up on your app store and then we'll reach out and talk and I can show you how to use it and show how inflation, how inflation is eroding that dollar for the next 30 years on your transaction within the app. I love it. Thank you for sharing. In that we will also make sure that's included that's included in the show notes. Uh, 
the the value i mean this is this has been insane and again stuff we wish we knew but more importantly i love that you are you've reached a level of success and you 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 weren't like you said you didn't look like everybody else you didn't sound like everybody else but you still but you still found you found your lane and you operate very strongly in it and nobody does it like you so thank you for taking your time um to come onto the show talk about your first deal um Talk about where you're from. Talk about how you're helping people. I, I'm, I, guys, it, take this opportunity. Check out um, Aaron's website. Like again, it's in the like, again, it's in the show notes. Check out the QGM QJ. Say the easy way. To <laughs> I was Go trying not website. to do that. <laughs> Go check that one out too. The show is sponsored by the List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The list guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The list guys are here to save you time. Contact the list guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.the1listguys.com. <laughs> That's a lot easier to say and remember, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You remember the QJO over at the Aaron Chapman real quick, right? Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Then my, my, my name. My name.